Welcome to the Resonant Chaos Podcast. This week, we will have some topics that are from the stars. Literally. This week, we are covering topics from space. Wow, Jared, that intro is out of this world. But before that, let me introduce our hosts in this booth. <laughs> Today, we have Sam, Sleazy, and me, Jared. And I'll let Sam take it away. Take it away, Sam. Thanks, Jared. Uh, that, that was a really good intro there. Sorry for ruining you. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> you're good, you're no good. No difference from usual. Uh, if I could fire you, I would. You can't fire me, you need me. I tell myself exactly. Every <laughs> <laughs> anyway, as we're going to jump right in here, I'm going to start with what I find to be the most exciting space news that I've, I've found in the recent times. This has actually happened or a lot of the news stories that I found about this have just come out today, which is the uh, 8th of April, if I'm correct. Oh, I, I don't know my dates. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I, I know when the date is. I'm in the future from these guys. They're back in the 7th. It's true. Anyway, I have found that the astronomers have detected a galactic space laser, as it's called. I know that's a clickbaity title, but uh, what can you do? Everyone clickbaits. Why don't we? Uh, and this is a radio wave laser, so it's sticking on topic with our audiological podcast. Uh, it's called a Mega Mesa, and that basically is a, a, a high-energy radio wave that has been beamed through space. Mm-hmm. It's, it was oh discovered God. in South Africa. To be honest, I, I'm a bit surprised about that. You wouldn't think South Africa would be making huge leaps and bounds in uh, in uh, astrophysics, but congratulations to them. It was found by the Meerkat team. Well, they made you, so nothing out of there surprises me. Yeah, I, you know what? I'm the most disappointing thing out of there, so <laughs> anything they make. Yeah, hey, you said than it, me. not me. <laughs> but this, uh, this, this light from the Mega Mesa. Uh, has traveled mm-hmm. 58,000 billion billion kilometers to Earth. So that's 58. How, does, how do those numbers work? That's 58 followed by 21 zeros. Okay. That, that, that's how far it's traveled. I, I, I don't know about you guys, but that just blows my mind. It's farther than I've ever went. That is so far. It's 5 billion light years away. It, to put that into light year perspective. Okay. Yeah, that is insane. So fifty. So, oh, go ahead, Susan. Oh, yeah. So like fifty million years ago, um, a laser shot up and got redshifted down to microwaves. Like, yeah, that's pretty much pretty crazy, man. It, it's insane. So, for those of you that don't know, Mega Mesa's uh, uh, made when galaxies collide. So the gas they contain. It, it gathers extreme density, so you know how if you if you uh, push a balloon underwater, it pops right out because of the density of the balloon and uh, compared to the density of the water. This is two galaxies mm-hmm. that can't pop right out because they're two galaxies. They're huge, so they just concentrate together and they collide together, become extremely dense together, and then concentrated beams of light or waves because light is also a particle and a wave, they shoot out of it. So I, I think that's insane that uh, two galaxies have collided to shoot this light that we've just picked up five billion light years in the f- in the past or future for us. 
Yes. Wait. No, wouldn't it be the past? Because it's traveling to us. It takes the time to get there. Yes, yeah, sorry, you're correct. It, it shot out five billion light years in the past, and it's now traveled into the future where we are. Wait, and, we're in the uh, future? Compared to when it first originated, yes. It does feel like we're in the future sometimes. Guys, I feel like... Got I, self-driving I, cars. I, being, I mean, like, there's like... I'm being very uh, pressured here. I, my, my depth of knowledge isn't that high about this subject. <laughs> I mean, I'm, but, I'm not a space laserologist either. Yeah, I mean, space lasers sound cool anyway. Hopefully we can get the ones from Star Wars. Uh, that's just a nerd in me coming out. But what's more interesting is this is the first hydroxyl meso- mega mesa of its kind. Don't ask me what a hydroxyl, what is hydroxyl? Uh, mega mesa Julie. means. Uh, I think it's caused by galaxy, if I'm correct. I think it's caused by galaxies that are largely made up of uh, water. So it's caused by high collision density of water rather than gases or it's hydrogen and oxygen colliding to form water and then shooting out lasers again correct me in the comments if i'm wrong i'm not an astrophysicist but it is crazy that they found this after three thousand hours of observations and they captured it in one single night so how do you have three hours of observation in one night so so sorry they were detected on the first night of a survey involving more than 3,000 hours of observations by the telescope. Okay. Yeah. And uh, the the team that's based at Meerkat, who are the uh, scientists, scientific team that have measured these hydroxyl megamasas, they're now using uh, their technology to measure atomic hydrogen, hydrogenin galaxies. So uh, that will allow them to find out if past life could have survived in these galaxies and how redshift in the universe is actually expanding. Uh, so I, I, I just think that's really cool to me. So, so to ease into another little off-branch topic, because you guys have said it before, but I don't know what it is. What is redshift? Ah. Do you want me to take that, Sleazy, or have you got that? I don't know. I say we tag team it, right? Okay, uh, I'll start. Uh, To put it into layman's terms, redshift is the concept of the wavelength of light being stretched so the light is seen as shifted towards the red part of the spectrum, if you understand that. So, you know, you have a a wave spectrum, colour spectrum. Yeah, you have infrared Mm -hmm. uh, up to ultraviolet. The wavelength of the light is being stretched out, so it it moves down towards the red end, the uh, infrared end of the wavelength. Sleazy, do you want to add? So it's like something similar in sound waves is like when you hear like an ambulance like coming towards you, the the sound gets like higher pitched, right? And as it's moving away from you, mm-hmm. it gets lower pitched, right? Yeah, the Doppler effect. Yeah, exactly. Yes. But so it's that it's with like, light. So, like, space is getting larger, like, between the two objects. So it's, like, causing, well, a Doppler shift. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's It gets a, a little Doppler complicated. Shift, yeah. uh, but it's not really that complicated. So a way to imagine it is if you're a stationary object, 
something's coming towards you and you imagine a wavelength so if everyone can imagine one it is a line with peaks and troughs so literally just a wave uh the wavelength as it's coming towards you will get closer together so that's why we have the high pitch sound with the ambulance it gets closer together so you get a higher wavelength and then as it's moving away from you because there's a larger area for it or a, a, a larger it's not area it's distance between you and the source of the sound or light it spreads out and it's I mean, it has to be moving to with velocity away slower. from you. Like, yeah, it does have to be moving, yeah. But it, you, it, the wavelength stretches it out as it gets further away from you, and you can uh, equivocate it to it getting slower, if you think about it that way. Because as mm-hmm. things travel without momentum, they lose speed. What I think is really cool, tell, like in this particular scenario, though, with the Mazer, like... That was laser light when it was created, right? It was in the visible spectrum. And over that time, like, or maybe it wasn't, you know, I'm just hypothesizing here, but like over time that gets shifted down to microwave. That's like a very significant uh, move from like light all the way down to radio waves. Like those are representations of the same energy, right? It's just that we call them different things because we can see one and the other one. They're on the same spectrum. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. And that shows the shift and how far it's traveled for it to shift down to that microwave uh, end of the spectrum. I mean, like, there's obviously, like, radio radio emissions that, like, you know... So, like, it had to have started, like, at a higher frequency, like, 50 billion years ago, right? Definitely. It would have come out as visible light, Mm -hmm. which is insane. That two galaxies colliding will produce visible light. It's, it's equivalent to... Obviously, a, like, uh, any of the stuff we're hypothesizing about here is not, you know, fact. It's just hyperbole, you know. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's us being nerds and trying to sort of hypothesize about what could happen. But, speaking of that, it's, it's, it's almost equivalent to, you know, when stars uh, give out... You know what I'm talking about, Sleazy. Uh, they send out a pulse that can split planets in half. Wait, what? And stuff like that. Wait, what? It's really random. Hold up, hold up. <laughs> I can't remember what it's called now. Uh, uh, it's like... A supernova? Uh, oh. No, 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 no. It's... Pulse. Uh... It might be a quasar. Oh, quasars are like stars that are no spinning idea. that uh, have like radio poles, right? Like, so we can, like, as the poles spin towards us, if we're lucky enough to have them in the uh, plane spinning towards us, right? Like, there'll be yeah. like a thup, thup, mm-hmm. thup, 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 thup noise that you could actually pick up with just like a radio telescope. Just a radio telescope. Sorry, I'm a radio nerd. Sometimes I say stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's massive. Oh, just of, a like, radio ma- telescope. That's all you need. Uh. Yeah, but sorry, all I right. was referring to quasars, and yes, they can send out mass eject, uh, not mass ejections, like massive pulses of radio energy, or sorry, electromagnetic well, energy. Speaking of mass ejections, Sleazy, doesn't your topic have something to do with a mass ejection? Indeed it does. Well, I got another topic to talk to you after the podcast that has another 
Well, we'll discuss that later. But um, yes. Uh, all right. All right. Um, you have my DMs. Well, in both uh, Noah and NASA both uh, posted a uh, different uh, little stories here about a uh, X1 solar flare uh, caused like radio blackouts. We got some uh, auroral events from it. Uh, let's see here. What did NASA have to say about it here? I think I had something up at some point. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The sun emitted a solar flare on March 30th at uh, peaking at 1.35 p.m. And uh, NASA's Solar Dynamic Observatory, which watches the sun constantly, captured images of the event. Um, I'm serious. They have an amazing gif. Go go over to NASA and check it out. But, uh, yeah, solar flares are powerful bursts of energy. So they're... There are eruptions that can uh, impact radio communications, electrical power grids, navigational signals, pose risk to spacecrafts and astronauts. And uh, this flare was classified as an X flare. Uh, the X class denotes the most intense flares, and the uh, number indicates the strength. Um, and uh, let's see here. What did Noah have to say? They had a. They actually uh, had a reports of a strong radio blackout. Uh, when the uh, uh, ions impacted the uh, Earth's atmosphere. So on uh, April the 1st, uh, around 1440 UTC, uh, 1.37 p.m. Uh, but it was a little bit later when the, uh, the blackout hit. Uh, it was a few hours later. But uh, I mean, so I myself like the, noticed, uh, you know, on the radio there were... Uh, changes in conditions we had some uh some interesting uh propagation changes during the thing so it was interesting to see it actually you know on the radio like actually affected it uh but also like you know ever since it's been kind of like pretty good radio conditions so i, I guess take so do you think the radio conditions have improved because of the mass ejection and the solar activity dying down well i mean like the ionosphere is a little more charged so it's a little easier to bounce off of it or refract off of it uh uh on certain okay. frequencies uh some of the lower frequencies get impacted negatively during certain parts of the day and some of the higher frequencies get augmented during the daytime so uh, it's a bit of both, but it's neat to be able to use the higher up frequencies. So you seem to be able to get longer contacts the higher you go up if you can maintain a feasible line of refraction there. So what sort of uh, artifacts did you see on the radio when the uh, mass ejection was happening? There's like a phenomenon that uh, radio operators called QSB. Uh, fading is basically what we're talking about. Uh, like as you... Uh, pass through different uh as the ionosphere changes its charge right or as you pass yeah. through uh the sun starting to change angles on the ionosphere and changing the strength of the ionosphere mm -hmm. uh you'll have uh dips and peaks in uh what you're hearing from a particular station so the the signal will dip out on you and come back and dip out on you and come back so you'll sometimes you'll miss a word or two here and there if you have the fading okay but it's nothing major. It's it's not like you can't transmit at all. Um, we lucked out. It, it wasn't really like that. But I mean, like, seriously, like, between certain stations, yeah, it would have been total radio blackouts, yeah. Like, you oh, would have been hurt talking to somebody at one second, and then the next second you didn't hear them in certain places on certain frequencies. 
I'm sure on the would lower it, bands, people were losing each other left and right. Would it change depending on where you are on the earth as well? Oh, yes, yes. Like, uh, time of day matters, kind of. Like. Okay. Mm-hmm. What about, like, hemispherical area? Like, if you move further up the globe or further down the globe, does it get better or worse? There are actually a couple of uh, places on the planet that just, uh, in general, have uh, their own little uh propagation uh intricacies uh little uh like there's places near the equator where like it's hard to get a signal north and south but you can get a signal like right near you on the equator like the whole way around the certain parts of the uh the daytime disc like but uh and then nighttime it kind of goes away and comes back like uh and that's around like the equator like um there's uh something uh called uh gray line propagation where the uh the plane of the earth where the night meets the day you'll get different propagation conditions there and sometimes you can follow along that line to stations so you'll end up making these really long contacts, like right at the time when uh, uh, the sun's sh- setting. Like you'll be able to get people like that's cool way farther than you normally would sometimes, just out of nowhere. <laughs> so is that because there's a reduced charge in the ionosphere, or is it because there is that charge in the ionosphere both areas? Some of the things I try my best not to understand because I want it to feel like magic <laughs> okay fair mm-hmm. enough mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i i understand that yeah 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 a lot of things feel like magic to me it's it's well, it's good to re- you make me feel like magic oh damn <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's about it on the uh my rant for the week Very all right nice. well i found something that i struggle really struggled not to talk to you guys about it's true you've been like from... being vague as crap for days and days oh my god anytime it's, I we talk tried about to make you talk. so bad anytime we tried to make you talk you're like nope saving it for the podcast I, i'm not talking about it yes so on wednesday march 31st nasa announced a discovery of something mind-blowing the Hubble Space Telescope spotted a star that is 50 times the size of our own sun. It glows several million times brighter and is so deep in space that it takes the light from it 12.9 billion years to reach Earth. What? It was born when the cosmos was only 7% of its current age. Ooh, I, I don't know if it would have been really legal back old. then. Oh, yeah. And accounting for the constant expansion of space currently sits 28 billion light years from Earth. This star is the farthest, oldest single star ever observed by people. That is crazy. So we are we are getting light from a star that was born before the Earth was. Wait, wasn't our star born before the Earth was? Technically, okay, yes. I'm just making sure. But this is like before our galaxy was even formed. Yeah, man. That is We're talking crazy. like early universe, man. Like as far as we can see back. 
Oh yeah. Like that's like Big Bang. It's, the Big Bang was probably closer to that point than we are. The Big Bang is closer to this thing's origin than we are to the origin of the Earth, most likely. That's crazy. 50. That is a long way away. Yeah. And after thinking it over, scientists gave this magnificent object of stellar beauty the name Arandel. Nice. Which means morning star in Old English. That's cool. That is cool. It's pretty. Until they find one older, and then it's just like, ah, well, we need right. to name that one. Yeah, you're not as fun anymore. <laughs> yeah. I'm serious, they already, like, named a star Methuselah and everything. They're like, oh, man, in retrospect. <laughs> <laughs> but studying Arandel will be a window into an era of the universe that we are unfamiliar with. Like, we are seeing, it's some of the oldest waves that have ever reached us. Oh, man, that's... That's so, it's gonna be a fun thing to sp- like, stick that like, new I telescope like to think, at, right? Oh, I can't wait until the new telescope's up and running. And we can get better photos of it, but it's it's fun to think. At least I would, I would. It would be fun and sad, but it would be dope if we're seeing the afterlight of a star that's already went supernova. Yo, dude. Like, there's a good possibility that this star is gone because of how long it's taking the, for the light to get here. And we're just seeing the after images. Seriously, and a lot of the estimates of like it's just crazy. the age since the Big Bang, that's like two billion years after the Big Bang or something, right? Like that's really I, really I, I honestly old. don't know. I'm just assuming that it's closer to the Big Bang than we are. So the Big Bang was thirteen point eight billion years ago. So that's one billion years older or younger, sorry, than the Big Bang. Are you how could he be older than the Big no, Bang? No, sorry, I meant younger. I meant younger. There, that's yeah. a topic for another podcast. We can get into that later. Yeah, I don't. I, can we even date the Big Bang? Like we we haven't we don't have that information yet. That's an incalculable number. So, I mean, we have so like some pretty good going estimates. back to the to to the point of redshift that we were talking about earlier. That's how you use to calculate the size of the universe and how fast it is expanding. And how long ago the universe probably came around. So, it's, But see, doesn't that bring in the possibility, theoretically, there's stuff out there that's not even reaching us? Yeah, yeah, there's definitely oh, an observable definitely. limit yeah. to the side of the universe from wherever you are in the universe. Like, there is 1,000% uh, an observable, like, what? what's it called? Oh, uh, God, what's the, uh, the event horizon of the observable universe called? Uh... Uh, I don't know, you guys know like more about a... space than I do. <sighs> I no, 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 that's what this thing. Like, there I is failed the a lot of science classes. Universe. There's, like, you can only see out to, to the point where everything is traveling less than relative speed of light, right? Like, yeah. There are Hold parts up, of I'm the universe put a that diagram. are expanding from us farther, faster than the speed of light that we will never see again, right? If you're watching this so it, on the youtube podcast uh i'm gonna put a diagram on screen and if you're not uh, it'll be on our twitter uh at resident chaos and if anybody I've ever just joins put our it discord, into discord it's for you definitely guys. in there <laughs> it's definitely in our discord yeah but i've put it in discord for you guys uh you can see so the present size of the observable universe is 46 billion light years 
and presently reachable by us is 14.5 billion light years so it's 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 big it's big but it's not and we don't know how large the actual universe is we can only ponder it like how large the observable universe is yeah so i'll put another uh image in just to to uh actually from big bang to us to to describe it better but from the big bang to the modern universe is 13.7 billion years or so we assume and you've got different ages this will also be on our twitter discord and Mm -hmm. youtube video but you've got different eras so radiation dark ages first stars and so on and so forth and you can see where the hubble space telescope can see out to which is 0.7 to 0.4 billion years after the big bang that's where currently we can actually observe to Uh, but we can't see further than that point so anything behind that is either expanding or it's just theoretical but we just got an image from 12 billion years before so we kind of just broke that image yeah if we've broken that record now so this might be an old image but if we've broken that now we can see further than the hubble ultra deep field or what it was supposed to well that uh, actually that could be something that traveled past it uh, right i mean we're seeing like also there's like relativistic effects of time dilations that we're not taking into account Oh yeah, time. That's above my pay grade. Time is definitely, uh, as Einstein said, time is relative, and time dilation can affect anything. Time can be affected by gravity, and it is affected by gravity. Uh, if any of you have watched Interstellar, great movie, go watch it. I'm not paid to say this, but it, it perfectly describes how time and gravity have a relationship with each other, and with higher mass, high density, high gravity areas, time does slow. Who is that sexy guy in it? Matthew McConaughey? Dear God. So, with the picture you're looking at, theoretically, and I I don't know a lot about space, so I'm just going to take a guess here. The Big Bang is still happening. Like, it's still expanding outwards, and that's why the universe is always growing? Could be. Yes. That's definitely correct. So, so there's a certain point, theoretically. Yeah. There's I mean, a theoretical point where the Big Bang is still happening. Yeah, so that's what they're trying to figure out right now, and uh, that's what we've theorized, that we're still expanding. But the question isn't, are we still expanding? Because it's like, it's why are we expanding we are. faster and faster? What, why are we expanding faster, and what the hell are we expanding into? Because if nothing exists out there, what are we expanding into? Because you can't just expand into nothing. Well... Well, that brings in a whole dark matter, gray matter situation, doesn't it? We don't it? even know if it's expanding into nothing. Th- 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 yeah, that's true. We could be expanding into another universe. We could which be I getting sucked on by something, right? There could be an external vacuum to anything that we can perceive. That's true, but what is most interesting to me is matter or energy cannot be created or destroyed. Am I correct? True. Yeah. True. Uh, well, what the hell is creating this stuff? Like, okay, let's because say you have a quark still, by itself still be in empty space, right? 
If you have one quark yeah. by itself, it will create another quark out of nothing. Like the presence that of that quark absence nullifies. will pull another particle into existence. Like, and this that is a quantum effect the, that we, the we know happens. Can't be created or destroyed. Right? Like, there are things on the quantum level that kind of sometimes, like, you know, are telling us, like, yeah, that, oh, wait, no, space I, can be created. Oh, matter is created that, in, in empty space. Like, yeah, but th that that hasn't been proven yet. That's purely theoretical, isn't it? Because otherwise, no, the, no, the, no. The when we, in the large hadron collider, when we separate quarks from one another, they create quark pairs. Like we've seen it on Earth. That's Hold not up, like I, hypothetical. I, I, That's I, I, like something that, like that we've already done. I don't even know what a quark is. A quark is a particle. It's a, so, type, it's a, a particulate. It's what um, protons and neutrons and electrons are made are of. Made of, yeah. Uh, hold up. Like a uh, proton is a pair, or I mean, a set of three quarks, and a neutron is a set of three quarks, right? Like, Sorry, I'm just, I'm okay. just fact checking. Uh, your stuff, Sleazy. Just because I, I've not heard of this, and I'm quite into space. Well, this isn't so, space. This is like Earth or to physics. physics. This Sorry. is just like yeah. particle colliding stuff. Like, so it's not really space. What you're going it's, into uh, is it's just shooting. You, you stuff could be each. going into uh, shooting lead protons. Sorry, and stuff. you could be going into <laughs> string theory there. It, it might not be that that quark is being created. It might be the fact that. You know, you know, string theory says that particles uh, can can be conjoined throughout uh, planes of the universe in different dimensions and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this can be pulled from one dimension into the other dimension. You can't see my hand movements, but I'm making a lot of hand movements right now. I, I, I'm, I'm just excited. imagining them now. Yeah. <laughs> they look cool. But, uh, stop making that oh one. Oh my god! What? Oh, stop doing that! What is that? How did you even anyway? Do that? I don't think it's the fact that matter is being created or destroyed by the quarks or created. I think it's the fact that, uh, like like string theory says, it's being pulled from another dimension or another plane or uh, another area and pulled to actually present itself to that other quark. Because mm -hmm. we've proved that it's called particle teleportation or something. I'm getting oh, really uh, into quantum in quantum particle quantum, quantum entanglement. That's yeah. it. Quantum in, well. Yeah. So quantum entanglement is the physical phenomenon that occurs when a group of particles are generated, interact or share spatial proximity in in a way that each quantum state of each particle cannot be described independently of the state of others. So that's basically saying that the way one particle behaves other particles should behave also that are quantum quantumly entangled with those particles yes again very confusing very above my pay grade but and could I hypothetically lead to like level. interesting ways of uh, moving information but isn't at, at future dates isn't quantum entanglement also the wormhole theory mm. uh mm. <laughs> Because that would be how wormholes are linked bridge. across. Okay, this is this is pretty deep. Um. <laughs> we're, we're, we're we're breaking our way down here. We're we're going into the physics 
deep end. We're this is like the dark web. We're not even in physics anymore. We just oh. jumped straight into the Star Trek. I mean, uh, end of it. We we totally left the fact that we were talking about an old star a long time ago. I mean, I'm I'm okay. I don't know about you guys, but I'm okay with that. I'm very passionate about these subjects. Well, I tell oh, you, I if we ever wanted to get to that old star, we would need a wormhole. I think we would definitely. Oh, definitely. So what? My, Without a doubt. My wormhole favorite. Again, I'm gonna get a few images here. Uh, is gravity-induced wormholes? Where you like, make the think... gravity so dense that it pulls in on itself? Yeah. So black hole entanglement. That's why it's called. Yeah. I'm gonna shove another image in for you guys to look at. That's black hole entanglement right there. And uh, if I can explain it, the top part, you see where it's flat at the top? That's the space <laughs> outside the wormhole. Uh, at the top where it goes in, that's the mouth. And you've got the throat in the middle. And the throat is full of negative energy. Uh, so if you... <laughs> I can't explain it that well. But... It's theoretical that you can create this link, this bridge between two planes uh, by pushing that negative energy through the throat or, or through the mouth into the throat and then tying these two. And it would be basically like folding space in on itself. And uh, a light ray could pass through the mouth and go from the top to the bottom effectively. And th but wouldn't that bring a whole slew of like space collapsing problems? Quite possibly. <laughs> like, yeah, like we but... would be tearing the fabrics of time and space. Weren't we warned against this? But it doesn't but sound if you like think a good idea. It, I mean, a lot of this is based off black hole theory. You know, so these uh, have already been made. Actually, black this holes brings up there. another oh. one of the points that you were being vague so, about this week, too. You this, mean... This thing requires negative energy. And there was another thing you were talking about earlier this week that requires negative energy. What was I talking about that requires negative energy? Not you. Oh, Opachai? I think I was talking about that requires negative yeah, energy. Man. The Alcubierre Warp Drive? Ah. Oh... Yeah, that, that that April Fool's thing that got me. Yeah, that you finally yeah. figured out that it was an April Fool's thing. And I, I was so I, I just got done reading this star thing, so I was super hyped, and then I read that, and I'm like, even better. And then you read it and shot I'm my sorry, dreams down. I didn't mean to break your dreams. They're beautiful dreams that someday. I thought we were gonna see interstellar space travel in my lifetime, and Aziz is like, "Nah, you're too old, kid." <laughs> I mean, the Alcubia drive works on the same principle as black hole theory or wormhole theory. It's it's again creating a denser area to to uh, travel now, through. Now to get my math on this right, and I shouldn't say math, but that Alcubia. How do you pronounce Alcubierre. it? Alcubierre. Alcubierre engine moves the space around it, right? Yeah, so it creates... Instead uh, of moving itself, it moves the space. Well, it it like creates the energy density dense field lower than a vacuum. In front of it, and more dense space... No, more dense space in front of it, and less dense space behind... No. It Think stretches it space slinky. in front of it, and condenses space behind it? Think of it as a slinky where the mouth is open the at the front 
uh, it, sorry, it, it uh, stretches, it contracts space in front of it and expands it behind it. There we go. Yeah, sorry. Uh, it, it basically, if you think of it as a slinky, but the slinky, you know, the hole down the middle, it's mm-hmm. wider at the uh, back and tighter at the front, and it's moving as a wave as it gets wider as well. So as it moves over the ship, it would get wider and it would move as a wave. So it's compressing itself like as if you were had two people with slinkies and you made them push the slinkies towards each other rather than wiggle them up and down. If that makes sense to you. If it does, there's something horribly wrong with you. Yeah. It, it doesn't <laughs> make sense. It's... It's a very, very, very difficult subject to, to, to try and make sense of. But uh, a Casimir vacuum. Do you know what a Casimir vacuum is? You got me drawn a blank. We were above my pay grade when we started talking <laughs> about light years. Okay, uh, a Casimir vacuum is uh, the physical force acting on the macroscopic... So the big boundaries of a confined space. So... It's quantum mechanics, basically. And I'm, I'm not gonna going to need aspirin it. after this. I'm not I've going into extra. it because it's quantum mechanics. But Thank you. But it would use a Casimir vacuum between parallel plates to create the negative energy required for the Alcubia drive. I'm just going to chuck in just to show you guys. So just when, when do we get Star Trek space travel? That's all I need to know. Not for a while. I don't know if you guys can see that image that I just sent in. Oh, okay. Uh, you, yes, the two gray things are Casimir plates and yes. the, uh, the, the green lines of vacuum fluctuations. I will put it into the video, Twitter, whatever the hell you want to read it on. And if you're interested, here is the equation. It is a quantum mechanics equation, and I'm not going to describe it. It got posted into a Discord where literally no one will understand it unless you join our Discord. Have you ever watched Big Bang Theory, right? I I know you hate it, Jared. I have Have actually not watched it, no. Okay, uh... The way it's been described to me, though, sounds like Beverly Hillbillies, but for nerds. It's it's very good. It's right. That's pretty much right. So, it, it goes into... Uh, on the basic level uh, vacuum energy and quantum field theory uh, which was made by Richard Feynman if you know who he is yes yes Uh, you know Richard Feynman good no no but basically the field at each point in space is a simple harmonic oscillator you know what a harmonic oscillator is right I mean like in electronics it creates vibrations it creates vibrations at which uh they go together, basically. Harmonic, they go together, and it creates vibrations. So they, they all work together. And it's quantiz- the quantization places a quantum harmonic oscillator at each point. And then... Uh, <laughs> it's so hard to explain. <laughs> it's basically... I mean, I understand that like, when you bring in. objects like super close together, there's like a pole right like there is energy created there's another diagram of there's oscillations coming in from e minus e plus uh q q minus okay uh so the e is uh, electrons and positrons so e minus is electron e plus is positron 
they annihilate, which produces a photon, which is why photon is a wave in this, because a photon or, or light can either be a wave or a particle. Uh, that becomes a quark-anti-quark pair, which is yeah. Q- and Q, uh, after which the anti-quark radiates a gluon, which is a green helix. And that creates a vacu- a quantum vacuum. In theory. That's why the things like, go together when you put them close like that. Then they yeah. sometimes weld themselves together. Yeah, vacuum welding. Or whatever it's called. I can't remember what it's called. But... Sometimes it just kind of happens want. when you get stuff close to each other in space. You know, sometimes that happens to just kind of be like, zonk, and then two pieces of metal are welded together all of a sudden for no reason. That's kind of... Yeah, <laughs> Isn't that what? Yeah. It's, it's, it's really weird. Uh, but I will create a document that will go on our Twitter if you guys want to check it out, and I'll put a bit of the math in there, and uh, I'll put a bit of uh, the science uh, more in depth in there rather than this hog hogwash of uh, of a talk we've been doing <laughs> you know this anyway, may sound horrible but I, like I've been oof, looking at that wormhole picture and it kind of looks like if space time had a sphincter <laughs> you know what moving <laughs> moving on the silence after that the silence I can't <laughs> That, that 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 was pretty good. Thank you, Sleazy, for that. Moving on, like Officer said, go on. All right, so back to back to Randall. The previous distance hold record holder was a star named Icarus that was located in 2018. Man, he's gonna feel bad now. Fuck. And it Icarus. came into existence when the universe was 30 percent of its current age. I thought you said it was seven percent so of its current age. So what is age. that? Earlier. No, that that was a Randall. A Randall oh, was you're talking 7%. about the other one. Icarus, Icarus was okay. Which was the previous. What well, it came in at thirty percent. That's mad. which is what thirteen, twenty three percent. Yeah, that's barely even yeah. old now. Jeez. Right, and and in comparison to a Randall, which takes twelve point nine billion light years for its light to reach us, Icarus only takes nine billion light years. Only nine. So it's. <laughs> it's closer to your your um space laser, Sam. Yeah, that's In crazy. Comparison. That is mad. That, that that is a massive distance that we've actually gone from 9 to 12.9 billion light years. My god. Oh yeah, and it's it's like I I hope once we get as late as before when we get the other space station up, which I can't remember the name for to save my life. You mean the, the uh, James Webb Space Telescope? The James Webb Space Telescope. Thank you very much. When we get that up, I hope we get better photos of it. Infrared. I, I photos. think it would be insane to get any photos of it. I mean, it was insane to get the first like remnants of the light coming in. Yeah, but then again, crazy. it's also like to bring up another thing of it. It takes twelve billion years to get here. We don't know how much of it we've already missed either. That's true. You know what? So we, I, I hope they can tell us kind of where we are. Like, are we in the middle of this star's lifespan? Are we near the end? Are we still at the beginning with the light getting to us? Oh, definitely. It would be interesting to see where 
how far it's come in its life. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and it, even like, if we can keep monitoring it, you know, it could be a glimpse into what happened, as you said before, the window that we haven't seen. Can I just mess you up one more time with your with with a brain brain blaster? I'm gonna call it brain blaster. Uh, I feel like you're gonna do it regardless of what I say. I mean, the fact is, light is affected by gravity. Also, if you're talking about light, as in the particle light. So, if this has passed something supermassive with such gravity density that it can bend space-time, this could have been taken longer than 12.9 billion years to reach us. Or if it's passed multiple supermassive things, it could have taken... Oh, sorry. It could be a shorter distance away, but taken longer to reach us. So it could only be, like, what, 12, 12 billion light-years away. But it's taken us 12.9 billion light years to see it because it's been affected by supermassive elements. Which would be insane. And dark matter. Dark matter as well. That could affect it. Because dark matter Mm. we can't actually uh, conceptualize or see. But it still can have a mass, I think. Most of space right now is the you don't know what you don't know. Or you don't know how much you don't know. I mean, it's hypothetically, most of it's dark energy, which is like the ominous expansion of space, right? Yeah. True, but like, like it falls into the like, you have the known unknown and you have the unknown unknown. And that's where most of space is falling. We don't know how much we don't know. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, it's even at least more crazy. we're willing to admit it. We know more about space than we do what's at the bottom of the ocean. We do, and I find that as a person that's from the one of the most land-loved states in America, I find it wild. It is, like... Land-loved, sea-loved states. I don't know how to word that. Florida loves the ocean more than most other states. You guys do like yeah, the ocean, crazy. dude. Dude, my goodness. We really do. I, I just think it's mad that we know more about space than we do the ocean huh. why so may- maybe we should make our next episode the ocean episode oh, oh man that'd be interesting there's some creepy stuff in there There, because oh yeah but but i'll just leave it at this we won't talk much about it there's a lot of acoustic things that are helping us find out about the ocean that's true Definitely. a lot of acoustic stuff speaking but, um, of acoustic i've got some non-science acoustic news if everyone's finished with science yeah, I'm. I'm pretty. I'm pretty happy with how I'm, this. I'm I've had a lot to say over the last week that we've covered. <laughs> <laughs> I've already failed it like four times, so please take it away. Yeah, definitely. Uh, if any of this comes up on a test, I'm failing. <laughs> I'm making a cahoot for this. We're gonna play cahoot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Spotify, in other news, is rolling out a new feature, oh, nice. which I think is pretty cool. Uh, the latest Spotify feature has begun its testing phase and it has a new featured curator system which recommends user playlists curated by Spotify influencers. What Spotify influencers are, I have no idea. I think I have so, a pretty good idea of what Spot. Never mind. I mean, w- would they be <laughs> artists, maybe? It's just but Joe Rogan I- in his bathroom. 
<laughs> Maybe. With a mountain of DMT. But these playlists have apparently... They've apparently been handpicked by the company as users... Or, sorry, the influencers have been handpicked by the company as users who have either created popular public playlists, have large followings already, or have a unique, interesting story to tell through the music that populates their playlist. Hmm. Who... I mean, Spotify, why are you getting all, like, 14-year-old sort of... I'm going through my emo phase. I need a unique type of music. Who wants that? I don't know. This kind of reminds me of like back when I used to like try and force my mixtapes on people as a teenager and nobody actually wanted it. Reminds me of MySpace. You go onto someone's profile and it starts playing music. Oh, I used to do that to people too. Ah, those were better days. (laughs) But yeah, I I mean, if it gives me good playlists to listen to, I, I don't mind, to be honest. But Spotify, Spotify, I'm talking, Spotify, I'm talking to you right now. Okay. Oh my God. I want Spotify Hi-Fi. Okay. I want audio quality of the highest possible bandwidth, or not bandwidth, sorry, highest possible frequency range. And see, that's for, that's where I will say, I'm so glad I use Apple Music because I have Dolby Atmos. I mean... Yeah, yeah, but uh, there's a there's another streaming service. Uh, I it's get a all streaming service for audio files. It's called, sorry, it's called Tidal, uh, which We're is lost. Oh, I've heard of Tidal. Yeah, they 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 go up to nine thousand two hundred sixteen kilobytes per second audio, and they support Dolby Atmos, Sony three sixty reality audio, and Hi Fi. That's over 9,000. How much is it? It is over 9,000. It's 9,216 kilobytes per second, to be precise, yes. But I think that if Spotify up their game to allow formats up to that high, I think I'd be a lot happier. And just so you know, I've totally messed up my recording settings. And everything's going to be really loud for a portion of time. Hey. Yeah. Audio person can't you... even do audio. <laughs> uh, and I'm the one that has to edit. Okay, moving on. Moving on along. Okay. Um, I'm fresh out of ideas for this week, boys. Anyone else got any news? I'm, I'm kind of tapped. Uh, yeah. I've. I I don't really have much to say unless you want to hear about this cool new hi-fi system hey i mean do you feel like preaching about it i I can yeah i mean i mean it's all on you brother if you've got a topic (laughs) take it away there's this new hi-fi system created by a company called q acoustics which uh it's similar to sonos but cheaper i know cheaper and it has a better feature than sonos What's that? It's wall-mounted and brings a display... I'm having a stroke. A display and control center to your speakers. So you can completely hide your hi-fi system. And they sell in-ceiling and in-wall speakers also. So you can have a cableless or non-visible cable system with your hi-fi setup. And it can be spread throughout your house. You can wirelessly stream music via Bluetooth, and it comes with DAB or FM radio. 
I think that's amazing. What kind of kind of price point are they trying to hit? Uh, you asked me the one thing I don't have right now. Always. Uh, <laughs> remember Always. last week? Yeah. <laughs> We're uh, good at it. I mean, we've been training for months. But see, like, like why you? I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you a good thing to talk about while you look that up, because I know that's enjoying. I don't know. I don't like. I'm not a hidden speaker type of person. Like, I want my speakers where people can see them. I mean... Like, I don't, like... I yeah, I see I mean, the point of recessed speakers and stuff like that, but it's like... No, I want mine just, like, hanging on the wall. They sound like the perfect speakers for playing pranks on people, though. Like, someone walks into a room, there's no speakers anywhere, no hi-fi system. I mean... You start playing sounds of, like, a dog... If I could... Like, under the bed, or, like, I don't <laughs> know... Uh, Okay. Start making them think they're hearing voices or something. You could drive somebody crazy. There's all types of applications for these speakers. So, you so on the with price? these speakers, with these speakers, you get the control panel and a pair of in-ceiling indoor speakers. So the hidden speakers. Mm -hmm. The entry-level package comes for just four nine nine in U.S. Uh, sorry, British pounds, which is around five hundred twenty dollars or something. Yeah, I can't do conversions that well, but yeah, uh, I think that's amazing. And if I could create a software that goes with this control panel, and if I put a speaker in every room in my house, I could make it so it follows me with the music, and turns it off in rooms that I'm not that in. That would be sick. Which yeah, I think would be amazing. See, I see that that's cool, but my problem is like five hundred dollars for four speakers. Like, what, For the what are, control and two speakers. Yeah. Only two speakers. What is the quality of the speakers and what hurts is the... I'm going to assume they're running Bluetooth systems for the, like, um, the um, interface to the speakers. Uh, I'm just having a look right now. Uh, so the speakers are cabled, actually. Okay, but isn't, so, you said there was a uh, wireless option. Yeah, it's wireless connection for your phone. Oh, to the, uh, okay. So, but the, the speakers are wired. Panel. Okay. The speakers are wired. Yeah. Uh, they have a fifty watt power handling program. Uh, their impedance is eight ohms. Sensitivity is ninety three decibel, and their low frequency is seventy seven to 2,000 hertz. Okay. See that? Oh, sorry, not 2,000, <gasps> 20,000 hertz. Ah, okay. But that's... Uh, I can't knock it. That's a good speaker, but I don't think that has what I'm looking for in a music speaker. I mean, it's a, it's a good speaker for, for, for standard uh, room setups, but it's 89 pound. By itself. Yeah. Without the control. With the control, it brings it up to, what, 499 So, I could fill my entire house with these, and I'd pay, what, 700 yeah, 800 quid? Actually, that bad. Yeah, that's not bad. That is not bad for an entire sound system filling my house. You're Whereas right, if we go right. to Sonos... You know Sonos, they do uh, wireless speakers and home sound systems. Oh, yeah, but, but uh, with Sonos, you can actually get a wireless system. That That's true, but 
with this, you'd have one control hub rather than having multiple hubs that can be controlled. True. Uh, if I can do sets... If I want a two-room set from Sonos, uh, and these are exposed speakers, that would be uh, 358 quid. But that's... If we go... You you can't even have one more. Oh shit! Sorry, I've just looked at how much their in ceiling set costs. Did how anyone much? want to take a guess? I'm gonna say about seven eighty five. I'm say about. Susie, you want to take a guess? Their in ceiling speakers three fifty. Their in ceiling set comes with an amp and in ceiling speakers. They're not wireless. They are wired, and it's one thousand four hundred dollars. Hmm. Yeah. They have in-wall sets as well, which look like wall panels, and that's also 1400 But see, it's like, this so, comes down to a thing, too, where it's like, I know with Sonos, I won't be getting the full deep end that I want, but everything above it's going to sound beautiful. What is, like, so this with other Sonos, brand they, sound they like? have. I mean, Q-Acoustics... Is a well-known British brand for uh, they 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 sell uh, to audiophiles basically. It's a high-end mm-hmm. market system that sells to audiophiles. So uh, they're sold by places like Richer Sounds, which is a well-known audiophilic uh, store uh, and rese- retailer. Uh, but Sonos, everyone knows them, but. When I've had one of their devices, I I didn't, I I didn't really, you know, I didn't think it was up to scratch. If I've I liked all the Sonos speakers these, I've had. They've been good. So a pair of these Sonos in speaker, in ceiling speakers, comes to five nine nine just for the speakers right. by themselves. A pair of these Q acoustic ceiling speakers, is eighty nine, by themselves. I could not outfit my house with these Sonos speakers. But I'm such, like, honestly, I'm such a Bluetooth fan. Like, I would rather have a fully rigged out, like, room with surround sound audio and then have my Bluetooth speaker in my pocket in every other room I go in than have music in every room. I'm a headphone guy. Yeah, I mean, with the, with the, uh, with the Q Acoustics setup, you can pair it to your... Uh, entertainment system so you can watch movies and it would in- invoke with the in-wall speakers and the ceiling speakers it would invoke a surround sound uh, quality there yeah but is it and like it would be a lot cheaper to do than Sonos does the and Q acoustics have like oh what God. is it a bass attachment uh yes you can get bass speakers for the Q acoustics Okay. You can get subwoofers and tweeters. So, with the with the Sonos uh, tech specs, the sensitivity is only, if I can read that again, it's 89 decibels compared to the Q Acoustics, which was, I read it out a minute ago, it was 90, wasn't it, if I was correct? Yeah, it was, I believe so. Yeah, it's 93 decibels, 93. which is a, quite a bit higher 
frequency response is practically the same on both. Uh, Sonos does get a bit lower. It goes down to 44 hertz, whereas the starting range for the uh, for the Q acoustic was 77 hertz. Mm-hmm. And it, they both have 8 ohms or ohms impedance. So it's fairly similar specs. And I know which I'd get if I was spending money on them because I do not have 599 quid times... I've got, what, five, six rooms in my house? I don't have uh, nearly five grand to deck out my house. Well, that would only be, what, three grand, one speaker per room? Yeah, I wouldn't go for one speaker per room, though. I'd go for at least two just to get the full experience. Well, see, like, there's the thing. If if you're just, like, playing music in there, what experience does 2 give you? Stereo? Because, like, you're not going to stereo... You're not going to stereo, stereo a whole yeah. room. Like, you want yeah, the same music. Eh, I don't know. I, I don't believe in stereoing a room. Because, like, when you walk in there, you hear one side of the track. When you walk to the other side, you hear the other. It just seems complicated. I want to hear the full track on this wall and the full track on the other wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if you got them set up right, directional stereo. Uh, oh, if you oh, got God. them set up yeah, right, we have a yes, receiver it'd be upstairs that is just amazing. How do you set it up for a whole room, though? Like, you'd have to have a very square room. Not particularly. You'd just have to find out what the resonant frequencies are of the room and the actual uh, echo of the room is like the resonance of the room that's a lot of work a lot of work yeah but that's only for someone who wants to go the extra mile to do that but if if someone just wants to have this music set up that can go in whatever room for their house i think it's cheap it's it's fairly easy to install you just run it through your wall or ceiling i think the q acoustics would be better than the sonos for sure it's way cheaper all right, all right. Well, we'll see. T- time will tell. Time will tell. We'll get some reviews out. We might touch back on it if we if we find some reviews. Oh, definitely. But um, well, boys, we we are above the hour mark, so I think it's time for us to say adios. Oh, definitely. We've been talking for a long time. Oh My yeah. Brain hurts now. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm about to turn so, back um, into a pumpkin. So I would like to think. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to thank everybody for watching. You can find the link yeah, to our you. LinkedIn below, and that's we'll link everyone to everything else we got, right, Sam? Definitely. If you click on our link tree, it's got all link of our tree, different LinkedIn. social media. I don't know what I'm thinking. Uh, join our Discord if you want. We'll be happy to host you. Definitely. Right. And remember to like and subscribe and, yeah. and ring that bell. All right. Love you guys. Okay. Bye. See you guys. Hey, you know we have to say it. The studies are out. But all right, later. Peace, guys. <laughs> See Bye. you guys. Bye.